Good afternoon. Welcome to this edition of Big Ideas in Supply Chain. My name is Ann Robinson, and I'm the Chief Strategy Officer at Canaxis. My guest today is Rogerio Bronco, Chief Supply Chain Officer for Eaton. Rogerio, thank you so much for joining us here today. We have a really interesting topic we're going to cover, but first, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your illustrious supply chain career, and a little bit about Eaton, just for our audience members. Well, thank you very much, Ann, and very happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Well, I'm uh, with the company for over 30 years. I am originally from Brazil, where I started my career with Eaton. Then I got a chance to relocate to the U.S., and since then I had an opportunity to work in multiple areas, different functions of working operations. I had access to supply chain, and I've been on this job now for the last eight years. So which has been really interesting to be in supply chain these days, and yeah, no certainly <laughs> a lot of uh, that we can do for the company. And tell us a little bit about Eaton, because I suspect that some of our audience members won't be as familiar. Yeah, sure. Uh, Eaton, we are on the power management uh, feud. Mm -hmm. uh, we are very proud of the technology that we have, supporting our customers to resolve very complex issues, and mainly around power management. Mm -hmm. So it could come from an, an automobile, where we manage power from the engine perspective to the transmission perspective, all the way through energy power management, where we have data centers, we have transformers, and we can help our customers to manage efficiently what it is they need to meet their requirements. Now, I know that we could have a long and involved conversation yeah. about all the shifts that happened in your industry during the pandemic, but what I discovered as I was preparing for this interview today was that you and I share a passion around supply chain innovation supply chain transformation, and really the incubation of new ideas for supply chain. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about sort of your interest from that angle and maybe some of the more interesting ideas that you've started exploring? Absolutely. Uh, actually, uh, with the pandemic, as you said, one of the things that became very clear is the need for change. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess some of the processes and tools that we traditionally use, they then no longer are efficient they're no longer giving the results we expect. And all of a sudden we found this need to, okay, what are we gonna do about this? And then one thing I realized is we have uh, our global team in supply chain and eat, and we have some 4,000 associates. Mm -hmm. And one thing I realized is uh, everybody has ideas. So all of a sudden we're like, how can we channel all these ideas? Because we have ideas uh, around, and this is where then we came back with this concept, with this idea to create an incubation lab. So what it is, is it's, uh, it's a, a lab. It mm -hmm. is really a lab. We uh -huh. have a physical location, actually we created, which is also virtual. So it's both physical and okay. virtual, where we allow people to bring ideas. Anyone in the company can bring ideas. So we have a website where people can go. Uh -huh. Hey, I had an idea here. I think this could happen. This could happen. So we actually have a broader organization supporting it. Mm -hmm. And then we have a core team that is residing at the lab that will then take those ideas, evaluate, and then test them. So obviously there's some criteria on which ideas are gonna really go for an implementation per se versus something that we're just gonna look at and say, you know what, it's not worthwhile because of criteria A or B or C. So we have to put some boundaries, otherwise it would be so complicated to manage. Mm -hmm. So with those boundaries, we're able to capture a lot of ideas coming from our teams. So we have a roster, Great. So we manage the input and we give feedback to everyone that is participating on the wow. idea creation. 
And as we look into these ideas, I can tell you, we have some awesome ideas that we're like, oh, my, if we can make this work. And then we have expertise in our teams. And this actually, the physical lab resides in India. And we have a team in India that actually would then take those ideas and say, okay, what does it take to make it work? And guess what? Then we validate. We create an environment where we can test those ideas. And the way we do it is we actually pick a real case study, a mm -hmm. business. And we bring it in. Then we bring the idea and we drive the implementation to test the, the value. Are we going to get the value that we expect? And I can tell you right now, there are some ideas that we don't get the value we expect. Right. But at least just to go to the process of allowing people to come up with the idea and get us to validate and say, yeah, you know what? It was a good idea, but we don't believe the results are going to get there. What we realize is sometimes one idea is going to take to another idea. Well, this did not work, but what if we do that? So that actually, to me, that allows what I call the creation process itself. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the ideation, but the total ideation process, which one builds on another. So then we do have ideas that are good and implemented. And the way we do about it is, again, we have a lot of people, they're super smart, they test the ideas, they run the ideas, and once we validate the value, what we do is we just flip the switch and then implement at the business that we actually use it. And then they actually carry from there. And then we monitor. And then the last piece here is, okay, if that idea was good enough for that business, can we deploy it horizontally in other businesses in the company? Mm -hmm. And that's gonna be the last step. And we have some good cases that we actually implemented. Oh, that's amazing. Um, so are these ideas sort of business process type of ideas or are they actual technology implementations? Just give us a flavor of what All types the above. of things. Really? All the above. Because uh, we did not want to limit mm -hmm. the uh, creation process. Any idea is a good idea. That's how we call it. That's why we say any idea is a good idea. Now, we do have ideas that we categorize. So ideas that are related to processes. Mm -hmm. Their ideas are related to technology only. Their ideas are related to hardware. Their ideas are related to all of this. So we, it doesn't matter what type of idea, but what we do is we kind of validate, and if it works, certainly we go for it. You know, what percentage of your employees in supply chain are actually adding and providing ideas, or was this something different or difficult to get them to do when you initially set it up, or is it, you know, how does that work? So we did not have any expectation about how many people will be actively involved on the ideation process. Uh, the most recent report that we saw, we have out of the 4,000 some associates we had, I would say between 10 to 15% of our day people, oh, okay. five, four, 500 people wow. a month, they submit a type of idea, uh -huh. which to me is fantastic. It's, it's amazing. a big number. It, it is certainly a big number and we're really proud of it. And, and, and that's why to me, that circling back with them to say thank you for your idea and recognize that the, just the sheer fact that they, they actually came up with the idea. It right. is phenomenal. Now, here's one thing that I was not expecting to happen, and it's already happening. Their ideas, we patent. Wow. We started grading patents for ideas in supply chain, which is something that never happened before. And we're like, wow, this is fantastic. And now we're even having conversations about, this is fantastic. Can we commercialize some of this? So right. certainly now we're trying to really, we created something that looks really good. What else can we do from here? Mm -hmm. And are these employees, are they, you know, awarded anything? Are they acknowledged when their idea actually becomes part of the business? There is an internal process that we call E-STAR, mm -hmm. which is an electronic star that we see and send to people. 
and that process, depending on the idea, they simply receive this recognition, which is a virtual trophy. Mm -hmm. We do that. And depending on the idea, that uh, uh, virtual trophy comes in with dollars. So oh. we give some cash award as well. Right. So depending on the idea, depending on the impact, and then we have a, a kind of matrix that we created to see, okay, how deep we need to go here for the, the recognition. Now, there was another topic that I realized you and I also very much share when it comes to supply chain, and that's really around the importance of diversity and inclusivity when it comes to your supply chain, and particularly even innovation in supply chain. Innovation, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about Eaton's approach to DEI in supply chain? And I know a lot of it relates to your suppliers, but maybe bring it back to this topic around innovation and incubation of uh, ideas. Absolutely. And actually, there are two ways to think about this at Eaton. Uh, one is, one of our inspirational goals at Eaton is to be a model of inclusion diversity as a company. Mm -hmm. And we're serious about it, super serious about it. 60% of our board is diverse. Our board of directors at Eaton, 60% is diverse. So we really mean it. Mm -hmm. So if I look into my global team, 35% of my global team is diverse today out of that number of people I mentioned before. So that's a, a culture that we're driving as a company. Now, if I take that into supply can, chain. Can I ask you one question about sure. that before you go on? Is that at all levels? Does that include management level, not 100%. just the uh, individual? So I mentioned level. the board level, we're right. 60%. Then we can look into the executive levels, and we, we manage depending wow. on the site, 100%. And we're super serious about it, and we're super proud of the work that we've been doing. ETA has been recognized, and, and uh, you know, there's a publication, uh, Diversity Inclusion, Diversity. Mm -hmm. We're being recognized uh, one of the best companies for the last 10 years. So we're really proud of the work we do that. And then in supply chain, the second aspect is around how we drive diversity with our supply base. So we have an initiative where we, all, we have specific goals to bring diverse suppliers, which will be suppliers that are owned by women, minority, uh, LGBTs, veterans, so companies that are owned by what we call mm -hmm. the diverse group, yeah. we make a point to do more business with them. Mm -hmm. And our goal, and we're really close to it, we're gonna drive about a billion dollars work with diverse suppliers. Another thing that we're super proud of is we work with small suppliers, which we also do another billion and a half with small suppliers. So if you look at the combination of the management team diversity with a diverse set of suppliers, what we believe will be able to have different views on problems right. and find different solutions for problems, which allows, for example, creativity. Mm -hmm. And now I mentioned our team that manages the incubation lab is in India. So that's one team that is really unique for that perspective when it comes to technology. But at the same time, that team is interacting with the global teams in Brazil, US, Europe, anywhere in Europe. And it doesn't matter where you sit from. So it is interesting to see that anybody has a voice anybody's recognized the same way. And we value every input, regardless of your beliefs, gender, whatever, right? And we believe by driving that to our core, we mean it. People respond. And that is actually creating an environment that there's trust. And when you have that environment with trust, people certainly try to do their best. And that's one thing that Ethan, we also believe. If you set simply goals, you tell people what to do, they're probably going to go do it. Mm -hmm. Now, if you tell them, hey, there's something you could do here and inspire them to do more and you allow them to be themselves, then the sky is the limit. 
And then we can see the types of results we can get out of that. And we're super proud of that. Certainly, we're in a journey. We have more work that we want to do, but certainly it is very important for us. So when you think about that innovation and incubation that we started mm -hmm. our discussion with, do you feel that this diversity, this diverse perspective actually helps fuel your innovation lab? It does. And the reason I believe it does is because uh, we are really motivating, inspiring people. Hey, what can you do? Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, go, and if you do better, there will be opportunities for you. It is a win-win here. And people get motivated by that. So it's not one where we say, everybody has to submit an idea one per month. And then when we force people to do that, they're like, no. So that's what I'm saying. I'm very happy to see some 400 people participating on the process because those are the people that are willing to do it. Now, people they're not, fine, that's okay too. There's no bad side on this situation, and we all benefit from. Now, when you look ahead at supply chain, what do you think are some of the most exciting innovations on the horizon for us? Oh, for sure, our planning process. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't wait until we have that fully deployed, because at the end of the day, here's one thing that we define at Eaton. We are creating what we call the ecosystem for supply chain. Okay. So we don't call it digitalization because we don't like to use buzzwords because sometimes people respond not very well to buzzwords. Mm -hmm. and so what we do is, okay, the ecosystem for supply chain is one where we can have all this innovation we talked about. All of that, they're gonna coexist and they're gonna benefit each other. Mm -hmm. And they're gonna make the whole supply chain ecosystem, which is an ecosystem better. And that's what I'm looking forward to it. We'll be working in pieces. How are we gonna manage procurement? How are we gonna manage quality? How are we gonna manage trade management? Now we're working, how are we gonna manage materials? But what is interesting to me, the materials is certainly the foundation for everything. Once we have the foundation for everything, the true end-to-end -end on the material side, every single thing is gonna kinda glue together. It's almost like harmonically, naturally, creating that so-called ecosystem for supply chain where now that transparency that we're gonna be able to see is not gonna be about, okay, what are we doing on the planning side, but it's about performance. Right. It is about diversity. It is about innovation. It is about all aspects of what it is, supply chain, which is much bigger than just one piece of planning or quality or pricing. Yeah, I can hear it. Harnessing that Harnessing, network exactly. for value. And I can exactly, exactly. Uh, Yes, I can identify. It's with almost your like I can see in my mind that ecosystem is like a virtual, uh, uh -huh. and then when it all comes together, it's going to be really phenomenal. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. Well, we're we're at the end of our time here, but you know, I have one more question for you. If you were the chief supply chain officer of the world, and this is a question we ask all of our mm -hmm. podcast guests, um, what would be your first priority for transforming the world supply chain? See, uh, one thing that I learned about my job, mm -hmm. there is no right or wrong in supply chain. And it's extremely hard to set priorities for different businesses. Because uh, if each business has a certain thing they try to achieve, and they may be different. Mm -hmm. So this notion of one size fits all does not work in supply chain. You really have to understand the requirements and work back from there. So that's kind of the approach we're taking for uh, my company. Now, if I am the chief supply chain officer for the world, the first thing I understand is what are the number one urgent need for the world mm -hmm. that we need to get around in supply chain? 
it could be different things. It could be we need to make sure food is moving where it needs to move and there's available for everyone. How are we going to design a supply chain that gives accessibility to food, doesn't matter which country you are, in the best way possible? And that will start from there. So defining that, what are the number one priority? What, are, what is the problem trying to fix? Because there's one thing that I learned in my life. There's no supply chain for supply chain. Yes. We're here to support a business. We're here to support our customer. So being the supply chain also for the world, who will be our customer? Our people. So what are the number one urgent thing for our people? Maybe food. And that will start from that. And then certainly understand how we connect from there. Well, thank you so much for this conversation today. I really appreciate you joining me. My pleasure again. Thank you for having me. And uh, that's a wrap on this episode of Big Ideas in Supply Chain. Be sure to tune in next time.